0: Welcome to our podcast, Barriers to Bridges. I'm Melissa Baco, I'm currently an assistant principal at Santiago High School. And I'm
1: Dana Barron, I'm a teacher on special assignment in science and STEM, and we both
0: work in the lovely Corona Norco Unified School District. Barriers to Bridges is on a mission to share stories of leaders in education who break down barriers and build bridges of opportunity, not only for themselves, but for others around them. Hey, howdy, hey.
1: Dana Barron here. I would like to first off apologize to those of you that listened to a lot of technological difficulties to our last episode, Shelly Yarborough. And I do want to apologize to Shelly Yarborough as well. We just had some issues with the last episode. My son would call me a noob. Um, so we do have a bonus episode that will come out over the summer with clear audio of Dr. Yarborough speaking about the things she's passionate about. And this episode is my story, and I can't tell you, it is very challenging editing your own story. And it's very challenging to listen to yourself. So uh, I talk about my upbringing in Norco, being in the FFA and college-bound, being very motivated to make sure I put myself through college and completed college- changed my major, became a teacher, left the profession for a year and came back, and became a Common Core coach, and then moved up to the district office as a teacher on assignment with teacher induction, and then eventually um, the position that I'm in now with science and STEM. I didn't name a lot of the people that I should have in this story, and you... I'm sure every guest of ours has second-guessed themselves after recording with us and thought of all the things that they should have said and should have done and should all over themselves. So um, I do want to thank all the leaders that have been in my life, starting off with my parents and my family, and then all my teachers, and eventually all my principals uh, that I've had have really shaped me, my assistant principals, my colleagues. And now I just feel so blessed to be in the position that I'm in now because I basically get to do all the things that are fun and get to learn all the things that I'm interested in and passionate about and spread the word of science and STEM and what that can do for education. So, I hope you enjoy my story.
0: All right, I'm super excited today. We are turning the tables like uh, Dana did to me in our first episode. (laughs) Um, And she interviewed me, kind of getting to know me a little bit more and my story. Now it is our turn to learn and dig deep into uh, Dana and her story and talk about her childhood, her upbringing, and um, all the barriers that she has overcome to get to where she is today in the district. She is a fabulous uh, Tosa. She is a leader in uh, science and STEM and she is taking the role and being actively involved, um, working with our SEL and MTSS and growing and learning alongside so many of us in the district. So I'm excited to turn the tables on her today. <laughs>
1: well, thank you. I, uh, hopefully we're not bored to death after this. <laughs> <laughs> Never, I know I won't be. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just dive right in. So everyone knows that we work in Corona Norco Unified, and I'm going to sound like a bird that never left the nest, but <laughs> <laughs> I was raised in Norco, um, so grew up in Norco. And uh, Norco is a very unique little town in, and that has, I mean, the same... I don't know if this is true anymore, but the same used to be there's more horses than people in Norco and I very much grew up that way so we grew up on like I don't think it was quite an acre it was a little under an acre and with all everything like, tons of animals yes so Oops. horses dogs sheep rabbits pot pigs chickens um I'm probably there's some I'm missing guinea pigs You name it. Yeah, so
0: uh, (laughs) cats. um, That had to
1: be super cool though growing (laughs) up.
0: Like any animal you wanted, you just walked outside your back door. So there was a point in time
1: where my mom, just for fun, ran pony rides and a petting zoo. So we did have more diverse animals at that time. Yeah. Um, But I will say, you know, growing up. Uh, was I didn't realize was very different for me than a lot of people in Southern California, so when I I, I did realize it once I went to college and all my friends, I joined a sorority and all my friends would say that I grew up on a farm. And, <laughs> and I was you're like, thinking, no, I'm in Norco. We didn't <laughs> grow corn. Like I don't think. <laughs> Where I lived was a farm, and they yes. just like would it was endearing, but they would always, you know, if they ever went out that way, which I did bring my friends writing yeah. sometimes, they would be like, We're going to the farm. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, <laughs> so I didn't really realize that till later. But um, when I was younger, uh I from a very young age was a ve- what had a lot of energy. I can see that. So <laughs> I remember, I, I've, and I know I did because I remember interactions with teachers yeah. where, I, where I was giving a little too much energy in class. Um, like you were the
0: disruptor? Yes, and-
1: but I, I think everyone knew I wasn't a bad kid. Yeah, I just talked a lot, <laughs> and uh, I was silly. Yeah. Uh, I had a, he retired two years ago. A choir teacher, Mr. Giorgetti, who saw all that energy for potential. And i he roped me in and got me really involved in choir. And he also ran all our, like,
0: theater productions. And Is this in elementary? This is in elementary. Oh, that's awesome that you had that in elementary. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: So, um, so he kept me out of trouble. I really think he did. And then... Uh, through all that, I a little sister was born. We're five years apart, but as I grew older, we uh, we rode a lot. I've, I always tell people like our animals raised us. Yeah. So that comes a lot in my philosophy. Later, when I talk about my char- the charity yeah. I want. So, because um, animals really were, especially our horses, like were really a large part of our maturity well, and I feel thinking, like because we had to take care of them we had to do chores yeah. like my little sister and I we uh I mean it it doesn't rain that much in southern California but like picture like a mile high of mud like yeah. we had to feed our animals in that yeah. we like if anyone know like when your boot gets sucked off your foot because it's yeah. stuck in the mud like that would be I us. grew up
0: in Michigan we, yeah we didn't have a farm <laughs> But we had massive (laughs) rainstorms, and there was mud, and totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, like we had to clean their
1: stalls ourselves. We had to clean up after we, and it's 24 seven. It's not like you do it one day. You had to do it every morning, every night. I'm just thinking the life
0: skills you gain just having that part of your life and the way you grew up. Like those aren't like, and it wasn't. It was like almost like a forced life skill. Chores are good. Yes, chores are good for kids
1: our kids do chores now too. My kids one, yeah. my younger one's only five. He already does chores. So, um, so yeah, so there was that. And then, and then I'm pretty sure it was about fifth or sixth grade. And probably also this is when you're, you gain a little bit more maturity and you start, you start to be more aware of your parents. Um, my parents were fighting a lot yeah. at that point. And, uh, I always had this sense of that I needed to protect my little sister. And so we were tight, my sister and I, and we shared a room oh, wow. growing up. Like, she, so there's this whole joke in the family that like, I'm the messy one and she's the <laughs> clean one, which is pretty much true. But I still, <laughs> I still, uh, still turns me crazy, but, um, so we were we were pretty tight and we we there were there was a large part of my life probably 7th through high school where after school summers was just me and her. And it's because both of my parents worked and we we didn't have a lot of money, neither one of my parents are educated. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, hard blue collar workers, but they were always working and so it was just what we did and then middle school to the beginning of high school it was it it definitely had an effect on me their relationship and there was definitely some alcohol abuse you know going on in our family and it it runs in our family so that those were tough and through that sometimes I feel like reflecting on it now that's my dad is really, my dad is really good at connecting with people mm-hmm. and being really funny and making people laugh. And I definitely emulate those qualities. I was gonna say that's that you guys or I try him. to, but some, I don't feel like I try anymore. I really
0: try to be normal now, and it doesn't <laughs> work for me. <laughs> but um, it's too late. I can't <laughs> bring it back in now. It's ingrained in you now.
1: Yeah, and so. So I started to that was how I related with people that was that was also how I um handled stress. So I've realized that's one of my like coping mechanisms whenever I get super uh stressed out or no, not stressed out. When I'm uncomfortable, sometimes I tell jokes and it, and I or I laugh at myself. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's like one of my it's your coping stra- strategies. <laughs> it may not always
0: be the best tool to do well, at I, that time, but that's yeah. kind of how so, I... I was thinking it could, depending <laughs> on, which has to be a challenge for you. I'm sorry, my brain's trying to think well, what I want to <laughs> say, but like, almost knowing your crowd, because some people may yeah. take it as, she's not she's serious not being serious, yeah. whereas, you know, so that's, that had to have been probably is still hard to navigate knowing your crowd and yeah and I also I I just
1: we had a year where my dad didn't work didn't have a job and I saw the toll it took on my mom yeah and they weren't getting along and we had to hunker down I mean I, I wouldn't say that we were poor but when you have uh you have all these animals depending on you and then you have kids and this and that. Um, my mom didn't want to give that up. And so she worked really hard yeah. to make sure nothing, you know, went. And then my dad, my dad eventually got a job again and, and things got a little better, but there definitely was not a good strategy to talk about things in our, in my family at that time point in time I feel like we are all very we are much better at it now as adults but uh so there was one point in time where I actually did get sent to the principal's office (laughs) and it was because I brought a uh inappropriate uh holiday card to school to show
0: everybody tell us more
1: (laughs) and it was like it wasn't, like, anything that was crazy, yeah. but it was, like, one of those silly, like, rhymes. Oh. And I I feel like I shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast. I <laughs> photocopied them, <laughs> and I gave them out to everybody. And this was a time when I just wanted people to, like, laugh. And it was, like, things were super serious at home. So I just wanted to... And I remember I got sent up to the principal's office. Kids remember this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm an adult now. Well. Yeah. And I remember the principal was like, you know, we're going to have to call your parents. This is very serious. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm peeing my pants right now. This is serious. (laughs) I'm in the principal's office and I've never been here before for this. And I remember she called my mom and I remember my mom was like, what did she do? And I don't know if this was the right way to handle it, but my mom laughed. (laughs) And I don't know, looking back on that, I don't even know if my mom would remember this. <laughs> like, because that, I think that got a, the principal fired up a little Probably. bit. Probably. <laughs> um, and so... But at the end of the phone call, my mom was like, I will talk to her, you know? So it wasn't like I was just going to get off the hook.
0: But just so you know, you're probably a story that the principal talks about. There's one time or that night. That night you were the dinner table story. I know. (laughs) And what's funny
1: is, uh, like, in our grand scheme of things, so, like, our family, like, that was not a big deal. Yeah. Like, the stuff that we had to deal with was not... A big deal. Yeah. You know, so I can see where my mom was coming from, too. I mean, yeah. Like, really. Like, <laughs> like, we got bigger fish my mom's, to fry. My mom's like, I'm dead tired. Yeah. I've been working all day. Yeah. I, is she getting Total. good grades? So she is? Okay, good. Yeah. Like, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that, well, that's like I feel legs. like that was my mom's. Yeah. Side of it, although my mom was strict. Don't get me wrong. So I never, there wasn't, uh, there was always an expectation to do well at school and not get in trouble. Yeah, and I was held accountable for that. But I don't. No one ever helped me with my homework. No one ever checked my homework. No one ever knew what I was doing. They did check my report card. Okay, good, 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 good. You're good. Okay. Oh, you know, no one's, no one's calling. You're not in trouble. You're good. So get to high school. And I swear, uh, FFA j- changed my trajectory. Like, I, I was in FFA at Norco High School in Ag with Dr. Boster was ahead of the program. I mean, she wasn't doctor then. <laughs> she was just Miss Boster. But she, uh, maybe she just got stuck with me. I don't know. But she saw potential in yeah. me. Yeah. And really pushed me to be a better leader. Now, I don't know if that was intentional or, like, if she saw, wow, this, she's, she has a gift. And I need to, like, hone that in. But I remember, I really remember I some of our leadership lessons. Like, yeah. I still remember them. Like, one time we had to plan... We planned a banquet. The officer team planned the banquet at the end of the year, every year. And a lot of, you know, teams have banquets and ASB has banquets. You know, the kid, we planned it. That's awesome. The teachers didn't plan it. You know, the kids planned it. That's awesome. So I remember I was like, I just, have am going so she would, she would have us submit our plans. Yeah. And she'd have to check them. We had benchmarks. She'd have to check them off. Like if anything needed to be bought, obviously there was a process for that. And I remember just being like, well, this is what I'm doing. Well, you need to, you need to write it down. No, I'm just telling you this is what I'm doing. It's all in my head. And she was like, no, you need to write it down. Like she was just, she saw the places that I needed to grow. Yeah. And pushed you. Yeah, and then the other thing that was good is in FFA, which I know they do this in counseling as well, but they sit down with you right away your freshman year and they talk to you about your goals individually and you make a plan. Well, originally I wasn't in FFA. I was in just, uh, so your freshman year, you have to be put in an ag class to be in the FFA program. Okay, And I was just on the main campus. Like I was in regular Classes actually, I do think I was in. I think I was in honors bio, and somehow I got placed. I don't even know how. I, I never asked for it. I yeah. got placed based on my eighth grade year somehow. I don't even know. Into an egg it. class? Yeah, no, like an honors class. In honors. Okay. So I I was in eighth grade
0: honors bio.
1: No, there. No, it wasn't. It was based on my math. I'm pretty oh. sure. I was because I was in. Was it called Honors Math at that time in eighth grade? But I was in Algebra, which you know. Oh, I like know. so, you're on the accelerated right, path. Right. But I cannot tell you Why? how I got there. <laughs> I, it must have been someone saw something in me, yeah. and I was achieving. My parents never put me
0: there. They didn't know any. They, they didn't. But at that time, did you know any different? No. You know what I'm saying? So, like yeah, I, you just thought it was the next progression. I do
1: know I was tested for gay in fourth grade or whenever you're yeah. tested, and I remember. I do remember, because my mom had this conversation with me, that um, I tested in a gate, but I was on the lower end, they told her, and my mom was like, no, why are you asking me this? And um, they're like, well, because she, you know, my mom's like, no, why would I move her when she's doing well? Yeah. And so, like, I never went. I don't know if that would have even meant anything different for me, but... Um, so then, So then I had to have a meeting, and I remember... I really wanted to be in an FFA and I had gravitated to FFA because I was always involved in animals. We yeah. are always involved in the community and we were involved in 4-H too. So that's kind of how okay. I got into that route. And that was where there, I had to get my parents involved because I was like, mom, I'm not in FFA. Like I need to be. And so my mom had to call my counselor and they had to double enroll me. So I, cause the freshman class, that was ag, was an ag science class. Yeah. And then I... But if I wanted to be college bound, which I told them I did want to go to college, I had, at that time had to stay... It's different now. You had to stay in the but bio Yeah, I had that to time. stay in bio at that time. So I was... I had two science classes wow. my freshman year. So it's almost like I was already destined to be in science at that point. Because <laughs> how many kids do that? There are kids that do it. Yeah. But like, it's not a normal thing. Yeah. So... Um, so anyways, I took I was in highly involved in leadership. So many opportunities I never would have had if I wasn't. So in that you park. talked
0: about like be running for a region or state I or whatever. Ran,
1: I I mean Miss Boster pushed me to run for everything. Yeah. I mean I wanted to too, so I say it like she made me. But I pretty much lost everything I tried for. I pretty much ran, lost, ran, lost, ran. I'm not even kidding. But that... Ran, lost, ran, lost, ran, lost. And then I was with a really good group of kids that were... It was just a special group of kids. Yeah. And who some of them did win. And so I was around a high level of leadership and achieving kids. And it really helped me become, like, mature. Yeah. And then... Through that program too, we had opportunities like I applied to be a mock state senator. So I was a mock state senator. They picked once a year, only ju- I think only juniors could apply, and they only picked 50 from the whole state. And I got to go, oh, and so cool. I got to shadow a senator and be in the Capitol oh, for awesome. like three days. Yeah, and then uh, we went to state every year. State convention for FFA yeah. wasn't, which was at Fresno State. We went to national convention, which was in Kentucky. Oh, I got wow. to travel, do all. So I traveled with my teachers all. See, the you
0: time. got so many experiences just being in FFA. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I was that kid that fundraised up the wazoo. My parents didn't pay a dime. <laughs> yeah, I sold. I want to say like hundred and twenty cases of beef jerky to go to national. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's cr- That's and, so much but beef I jerky. Will Say this for my parents. My parents took it everywhere. And they were like, yeah. my daughter wants to go. Will you buy some? Like they, I didn't do it alone. Yeah. I sold animals. We raised sheep all throughout high school and sold them for market. Every, I bought a horse my freshman year in high school for 500 bucks, raised her and trained her myself. My mom's a, my mom was a very knowledgeable equestrian like she yeah. knew her stuff so she taught us and then sold her my senior year for six thousand dollars and that partially paid for my f- freshman year of college with scholarships oh,
0: so cool. yeah so my okay, mom so let's talk about me that this. because so I have a and dog FFA. I couldn't uh, raise my dog <laughs> and send send my dog away so tell me about that like having all these animals, like it's really hard. Yeah. Well, so Leanne talked about in her episode that yeah. she helped raise. Yeah, those guide dogs. So it's
1: very so. Uh, the goals were really, you had to be real clear about the goals the whole time. Yeah. Or you'd get caught up. So my first
0: lamb, I could just see myself falling in yeah. love and like kicking and screaming and. Well, Nathan like hanging always, around the neck, like don't. Yeah, take. like some people are like, oh, you're. Horrible,
1: like they didn't always go to market. Yeah. Um. So sometimes they would be raised for breeding. Okay. And one of them, excuse me, we did get so attached to her. Her name was Cotton. Uh, go figure, she grows wool. <laughs> and we, her, we na- that you know those these are kids yeah. naming their sheep. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we had this ewe. Um, Ewe yeah. uh, named Cotton, and we got so attached. Her she would follow me around the backyard. You could she would go on a walk with you down the horse what? trails with no leash. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Like she was like a dog. Yeah. And she, um, we did keep her, and so I kept her as my braiding project. Which, mm-hmm. so um, another aspect is you have a project when you're in an FFA, and you track all the records of everything you spend on the project and everything. Okay all your hours and everything and it's like you're a little entrepreneur yeah teaching you to be an entrepreneur so so uh you just had to have the goal in mind the whole time know why you're doing that I wouldn't say it was easy but yeah especially my horse that I raised because I raised her from a baby and then you get really attached but when I went off to college you can't like, I couldn't take a horse with yeah. me. Yeah. I know a lot of people could, because I went to Cal Poly Pomona, and a lot of people did bring their horses there. You could board your horses. Oh, really? Me. Yeah. I didn't know that. But I, I put myself through college. I was not one yeah. of those people. Like, I could not afford to do that. Yeah. I was lucky that we lived on a big enough lot where we could keep our horses on our own land. Yeah. Not have to, you know. Board them. Board them. Yeah. But they were still expensive. I don't know how my mom did it. Like, my mom just made it happen. But, uh, so yeah, so fast forward now into, so this is the time I kind of get mixed up. No, I believe I was already in college, but like stuff is bad with my parents. Really, really bad. Also had some half, a half brother and sister from my dad's first marriage come back to live with us at one point. One of them has got addiction problems, goes to jail, living with us. It's just, it's just bad. It's just really a lot of stuff.
0: And at the same um, time, you're still protecting your youngest sister. Yeah,
1: and my little sister and I kind of made this bubble for ourselves. And my, to be honest, my mom had a lot to do with that. My mom kept us on track. She really did. And my dad, like, I'm, I'm close to my dad, too, but there were just, there were a lot of issues there. Yeah. And um, so I wanted out. I kind of, like, I was resonating with Reggie when he said that. Yeah. He's like, I just wanted out of there. I knew I never wanted to live, like, some of the, sometimes we were living from paycheck to paycheck. Yeah sometimes we didn't know how we were going to buy a bale of hay, which sounds silly, like, but, you know, you're an animal lover. Like, yeah. those are your family members, too, so it's like... Yeah, my dog eats before me. Yeah, and um, sometimes... Yeah, I just knew I was not going to live that way. And FFA, what did help me to have the confidence, like, I can do it myself. Yeah. I can do it my darn self. So I applied for college. I applied for the FAFSA. I had a really good counselor, Mr. Brown. <laughs> He helped me a lot. I was like, I want to apply for every scholarship there is in Norco High. I applied for 32. Wow. I believe I wrote an essay 20 times. I did, like, I applied for a lot of scholarships. And wow. fast forward when I worked here at Santiago. <laughs> That'll love you. You can takes... ask Mariana. <laughs> I I was on the scholarship committee. Were you? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I read cool. the scholarships every year because I believe in those. Yeah. So, I, I'm i pretty sure I obtained six. So, out of the 32, or it was like 30-something, Yeah. I received six scholarships. Pretty good odds. Like, yeah. I don't understand why kids don't apply for more scholarships. I know. I There's don't get so it. It's many. free money. It's I so many of them. I paid for my whole freshman year in scholarships. That's awesome. So, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Like, so, um, and one of them, I have it somewhere in my closet was from from the corona norco teachers association
0: oh yay one of those scholarships
1: and i did not know i wanted to be a teacher yeah at that time so i even remember i was i did an interview and everything i remember they asked me my favorite book i don't like (laughs) it's so weird (laughs) the stuff you remember (laughs) i remember i had i got one from dollars for scholar like it just yeah anyways so, I went to Cal Poly, and originally I wanted to be a vet. Okay. I can totally see that with your upbringing. I feel like everyone's, like, hearing her story. It's very typical. Yeah. She wants... I'm telling you, like, everyone wants to be a vet.
0: Everyone wants to save animals. Yeah. But you lived it. It's not like you just want to be a vet because yeah, you want it. Yeah, there's you, a
1: lot you of... You lived it, though. A, if you go to Northern California, oh, there's a whole wow, ton of yeah. us. So... And there's a lot in Southern California, too, just not necessarily in our area. Yeah. But I, I got a job at a vet hospital for six months and nope, changing my
0: major. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, because so, we talked about that. I originally went into nursing, yeah. a, but it's the yeah. same thing. I got that on the job experience yeah. and I was like, yeah. Yeah,
1: no. I'm good. This is totally not what I thought I was going to be. <laughs> like, we were literally doing space and neuters, space and neuters, space and neuters. And. Well, I mean, not the whole day, but a lot of the job is that. A lot of the job is vaccines for the animals, like teeth, like just wasn't. So I, this is like I've scarred for life for this. Uh, I had a Parvo dog that I took care of and you weren't allowed to be around any of the other animals. And I had to wear like a hazmat suit and I took care of him, took care of him. He made it overnight. It was like huge victory. I was so excited. I kind of got attached to him. And then I went on lunch break and came back and he no. passed away. And I was like, done! <laughs> I am done with this job! <laughs> That's it. I'm not doing this. So I feel like I could have done it though. Like I eventually But yeah. it just wasn't giving me the joy that I thought it would give me. Yeah. And so at the same time for extra money... I did this every summer. Actually, I would give lessons on our aunt, like on our horses, on okay. our ponies, whatever we had at the time. We had so many animals, um, and I did it through high school too to kids. So you were teaching already? Uh huh. So I was uh, doing, and I charged twenty bucks an hour. I make good oh, wow. money for a kid. Yeah, and I had quite a few little neighborhood kids that I did this with. I also like. Exercised horses for money. I mean, fed them in the mornings. It babysat a yeah. lot. I babysat before school even for parents that had to go to school or go to work really early, in school and school hadn't
0: started. So the kids would like come over.
1: Yeah, and I, I uh, no, I'd go to their house. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, um, I never minded it. Yeah. Even I remember. My dad, because one time it was one of my dad's friends. My dad's like, I cannot believe you get up at 5 a.m. every morning and babysit a kid. And I'm like, I like it. Yeah. And so later on in college, I was like, I need to go into teaching. I don't even know where the the switch happened, but I changed my major from pre-vet to ag education. Okay. So you can be an ag teacher. Yeah. And it's basically a teacher program. Just, like, multiple subject or single subject, but it's all ag-based. And I had a blast. Like, and... Doctor Bosser followed me. So she was one of my professors in college too. Oh how cool. Yeah, for one of my <laughs> classes. Uh, she, no, she, no, she really was
0: my professor, but oh, the fact okay. that she followed me, I don't think she came there just to teach me. <laughs> Maybe she, she did. was probably we'll like, oh she Dana. saw her she saw her class roster and she's like, seriously? I, know, she's like, I have you in my <laughs> class again. I'm just trying to get away from you.
1: Uh, so yeah, so I and I was really involved. At Cal Poly Pomona, I was really involved in the Greek system. I mean, we did charities. We uh, did socials, dances, did a lot of partying.
0: Should I say that? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, it is college. We did a lot of studying. <laughs> Hiking. <laughs> Going back to Josh and yes, Alexis, So We went on a lot of hikes. <laughs> uh,
1: and then, uh, well, and, and also at the time I had to work because I had to pay for my books and my gas. And my yeah. mom did, I mean, my parents were splitting at this point. So my mom was helping me with gas, I believe, and my insurance. Thank you, mom. But I was paying for everything. My yeah. rent, I, well, I lived at home for two years and then I moved out that way. It was really too hard. So I was working at a restaurant. I was a server for like seven years. By the way, that's how I know Sampy. Oh, really? has never told you that. No. Jordan Sampson. Yeah. We opened Wood Ranch and Corona together.
0: I knew we worked at Wood Ranch. Yeah, we were servers together. Oh, that's funny. So I was a server. A lot of people are servers. Yeah. But I was f- six...
1: I don't know. Forever. Like two years at Olive Garden. Like... Four years at Fridays, and how long was that Wood Ranch? Wood Ranch, I used to go back and work at the, there at the summers too. Oh, really? Teaching, yeah. So Fridays would close at two a.m. So a lot of times I would take classes at like ten a.m. Mm-hmm. and I would work till two a.m. Like four solid. Like I worked. 30 to 40 hours a week. Wow. Serving. And I made good money. Yeah. So, oh, serving you make so much money. Yeah, pain. so I I did all that. I eventually, I think it was like my third year, I ended up taking out a student loan because I was like, ooh, it's getting a little tight. Yeah. Trying to figure all this out. I funded myself with the help of my parents, you know, where they could. And and then graduated and became an agriculture teacher. And I just student taught- I remember once again, like I'm giving a lot of credit to Dr. Bosser, but she deserves a lot of credit. so I'm at a wedding, one of those girls that was in high school with me, yeah she got married and invited us both, so we're all up in Northern California at this wedding, and I'm there, and I sat at the table with Gina, and I'm like, I'm ready to student teach, and I had gotten my degree, right yeah, and I'm like, I know in this state like it really especially in AG it really highly matters who your master teacher is it's not like yeah maybe some other subjects yeah. where like your master teacher could be one of a dozen no one don't even know like yeah. the ad community is very small so i was like where do i need to go to student teach because and she's like, well, what do you want to do and i was like i want to get a job yeah i want to be well prepared and i want to get a job i want to be highly qualified so then you're gonna have to be prepared to move out to imperial valley and i was like okay So I student taught in Imperial Valley. Oh, that's crazy. Which, if anyone doesn't know, that's like... There's a town called Imperial and Brawley and down there by Glamis. Yep. So does she have a connection
0: there that she could hook you with? Yeah, she knew everybody. So, yeah. So, yeah.
1: um, They let you. It's not... The matching's a little bit different. Okay. Like, you, you... Obviously, the master teacher has to say, I'll have a student teacher, but but then you can also say, I would like to go there. Got it. And it worked out, but they said yes. Nice. So, yeah, so I went out there and lived in Imperial Valley for six months, and, like, it was, like, I think you said it in your episode, like, you were drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. I, like, barely survived. (laughs) (laughs) I had, like well they they started me with two preps and then he's like by the end you're going to be teaching four different preps because you want to get hired right and i was like yeah so i wanted experience in four different areas gave you everything and then at the same time they were also doing so ag has this whole layer of like you go on trips with kids yeah So, like, I went to state convention with kids. We did a fair with kids. We had to get up at 5 a.m. and mock the stall. Like, all of that was part of my student teaching experience. So, when I hear people say, like, oh, I teach from, you know, when school starts (laughs) and I'm done by one, I'm like, what? Let me tell you what I did. Yeah. I'm, like, (laughs) I feel like an old lady, like, because I'm, like, that's all you had to do back in the day, (laughs) you know? So... Anyways, so they did well prepare me, and then I came back to Corona Norco as an ACT teacher. Uh, And that was a weird time because... Well, and I should say, too, I grew up in Old Town Norco, so, like, where um, Jack in the Box is on 6th Street. So I grew up on Sierra Avenue. Okay. And when we bought that house, there was no 15 freeway. So I crazy? feel like I'm really freaking old now telling this story. <laughs> so I remember my parents, my mom probably could tell this story better than I can, but they sold a tiny sliver of the back end of our lot for the 15 freeway. Like we, our house went up to the 15 oh, freeway. that's crazy. And then when it was carved out or whatever you call it, <laughs> dug out, excavated. Dug out. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> the, and the excavator digs the land. My son loves that book. So, uh, when it was like just side hills yeah. of dirt, we used to slide down them on cardboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great activity for a kid. Totally something I would. We have done. raised ourselves. Oh, yeah, like we
1: were literally like, "Hey, be home when the street lights are on." Like, well, that so was, like there was cars zooming on the 15 because it wasn't busy. there was yet. no one. Like it yet. wasn't busy. That so wasn't
0: dangerous. Yeah, it really <laughs> wasn't as
1: busy. There, were like all those stores. Yeah, all of Sixth Street. That wasn't even Nothing like that. There, Target yeah. wasn't there. Yep. Like. It was literally Stater Brothers was the only grocery store in town. Yeah. None of, like, none of that stuff was there. Yeah. Pastel Taco.
0: It was literally a town and not a city.
1: (laughs) And then we eventually used to ride our horses down the 15 freeway, down to the riverbed. We loved riding in the riverbed. Because it was, mainly because it was cooler. Yeah. Because there was, like, bamboo and, like, cool tunnels you could ride your horses through. And, uh... And ho- riding was something we were always allowed to do without our parents. Yeah. So my sister and I would just get on the horse and get go. Get on the horses and go. We would ride all over town. We would like save dollar bills and ride to Circle King, <laughs> get like Ices and stupid stuff like that. So fast forward to coming back to teach at Norgo, it was weird. I was going to say, but it was like, good.
0: Going, I mean, so I did that too when I started teaching. Yeah. I went back to my alma mater. And I started teaching there. So people that I taught me, a student taught at my same high school that I graduated from. And then I got a job also at the high school that I graduated from after I did everything. So totally no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I come back and my senior language arts teacher, Mr. Royce, is there. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like mortified. I'm sorry. Like if you're a stellar senior, good on you. But I wasn't. Yes. So I was like, oh, Mr. Royce, I lo- I swear I loved your class. And just, he's thinking we hired I was this a, lady. A <laughs> you know, because I I took honors language arts my whole someone had told me somewhere along the line, I don't know if it was my counselor or somebody, but I was like, well, I don't want to take all honors classes. That sounds too hard. I was like one of those kids. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Like I didn't have parents telling me what I was doing. And I remember someone was like, well, if you're going to take one honors class It should be language arts because no matter what you do, you're going to need to be able to read, write, and communicate. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I just took that advice as gold. But it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I had that all throughout high school and I, AP wasn't really a thing at that time. Like, yeah. I think it was it had started, but it wasn't we probably didn't have a lot of offerings. Yeah. So I, it wasn't even a thing that I well, ever like knew in my high school, about. I, think we only I don't had, think like, I four. knew about it. Yeah. Classes total, four AP classes. Yeah, like total. I know we had it, but I don't think and who knows yeah. how they got kids in those class I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember that piece, but I remember that coming back and then some of those teachers like I had Mr. Titterood. he's still there, he was a major influence in my like I had him for math, like I had some really good teachers and now I'm like, Oh, I'm teaching here. It was just kinda weird. <laughs> I'm one of them. (laughs) Yeah, but it was good. And immediately, I did feel like I was at home. Yeah. But that at first was, uh, if people have been around this area, that was when this area was booming. Like, you can imagine, they built the 15 freeway. Everything, like, you know, maybe Target was built by then. I think it was. Like, everyone was moving to this area, and that was when Eastvale was growing from the ground up. yeah, And so Norco High was twice the size that it is now. All the football field, they were all portables. It was nuts. Like, I remember this funnel up at the top where all the kids would walk from the portables down to the main campus, and it was a nightmare. Like, there would just be kids everywhere. It was just, like, bursting at the seams. So two years after I had started teaching, they opened Roosevelt, and a big, like, really... Maybe half the school I don't know had to yeah. either go over there or go somewhere else, right yeah and so at that time, there wasn't a job for me anymore um, and because I'm such a specific, I was such a specific credential, yeah like it didn't I didn't have a place to go so I either needed to change my credential or go to another AG school outside of the district yeah right So I had a really hard time at that time. I like also I was already coaching Cheer and I was really loving that. And connecting with athletes and um in that way and I found a calling with those kids. Like I just so I, I was just having this like major I don't know, like realignment of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I left. I left teaching. What'd you do? I was like, I I all I have ever known is I was gonna work in AG. Like for the longest yeah. time, and now I need to pivot, and I don't know what I'll pivot to. And so for a year, and I was just like going through adult stuff. Like I was not—I probably had some, you know, reflection that I need to do. And what ended up ultimately happening is I did a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that year, and I stayed coaching cheer, which was the best thing that I could have done. That's therapy I itself. Stayed I stayed connected to kids, yeah. which originally was why I wanted. I got in the profession. I lost my way a little bit, and maybe forgot my why. And I had to dive into some of that stuff in my childhood that I never dealt with. Yeah. And I did a lot of therapy, and I'm an advocate for therapy. And I don't think there should be a stigma with therapy. And I think even the you know strongest people could use someone that's an outside source that has doesn't know you, but just. You can talk to them. Yeah. Was really good for me. And I went, I decided to go and take the set and become a science teacher, which why wouldn't I? I took, like, double
0: science just, classes. You did so many science classes.
1: Yeah, but I was never, like, that instant, like, genius yeah. gifted person. You had to work hard at it. Yeah, I had to work really hard. Like, even, I remember I was in honors physics, I think it was my junior year. I, I think I pulled off a C I had to go in at lunch, like, three days a week. I was always begging people to help me. Yeah, (laughs) Like,
0: it was hard.
1: (laughs) It did not come. And chemistry, too. Yeah. I did fine. Like, biology was fine. But um, I just, it wasn't something. And then when I got into college, though, I remember my freshman year, my freshman biology class was a breeze. My freshman uh, chemistry class was a breeze. So maybe...
0: Like, I actually was prepared. Something stuck. Yeah,
1: even though I got a C in honors, which I guess is like a B. Yeah. I actually was prepared. Yeah. So that's why I'm also an advocate for don't give up on kids that get C's and B's. Yes, I agree. Like, just because they don't get A's doesn't mean that they're not going to be something. Yeah, agreed. Or learn something. Yeah. Exactly, or they might
0: learn more than what you think they learned. Yeah,
1: so I went back, got my took my CSET, and became came back. Luckily, I stayed connected to the school, and my principal was very supportive. And you know, I was still coaching, so he's like, yeah. you come back. You're, we have a job for you in science." And so I came back, and um, I mean, this like cheer, I cannot tell you like. I literally saw everything that you can see that is crazy in the coaching chair. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know if people understand. Every cheer coach on every campus in this district is a gym, and I don't even know you, and I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> or dance, yeah. or just any of those, like... Uh, Performance they're groups. like yeah, they're and they're like kind of a sport, but they're kind of an activity, and they, literally hours and hours of your yeah. time, and then, you know the kids like almost too well, but and you love them like your own, but then at the same time you have to hold them to an expectation, yep. and when they don't meet that expectation even though you love them unconditionally you're in a you're in a spot where you have to hold them accountable yep. it's like a lot like being a parent yes and i just i literally saw it all i saw like i had every imaginable problem when i came to that program they had just been in the news that team for i think it even made national news i'm pretty sure i'm correct on this for the uniforms and them going to the media. And so I came I don't know why I said yes to that. I don't, I don't, I felt, I literally had relationships with a couple of these girls that were like, you would be such a good coach. And I just, I connected with them and that's how it kind of came to be. But through that, I really learned, uh, because I know it's not like this anymore in our districts but at that point in time, you couldn't pick your team. Yeah. So sp- all other sports teams, can pick you can their team. pick your yep. team. At that point in time, my full eight years doing it, I could not pick my team. No, because that was just something that switched within the last, what, two
0: or three yes. years it
1: switched. So what I learned from that process is really the good thing that came out of it was me and my assistant coach – I had several, but the one that stuck with me for a while, Kelly, we had to coach them up no matter where they were at. Yeah. And they would come in, and some wouldn't know anything about, let's say, dance technique, what you need to know and cheer. Yeah. And we would have to figure out how we were going to bring them up to the level of everyone else. Yeah. We would have them come in and then didn't know a lick of tumbling when you had to do at least some. Yeah. And we had to bring them up to everybody else. We would have some that couldn't hear beats and music like we'd have some that were a mess academically yeah we're getting like d's in classes but we're stellar cheerleaders we had some that were uh had awful family lives but came to cheer as their sanctuary we had we literally had everything i mean all sports sports activities have this but we didn't get to choose them, so yeah. it was like we. It was like they were we birthed children. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't know what you're you don't getting. know what you're getting, but you don't, and you don't get to cut anyone. No. You don't like there are strict
0: rules. Yeah, and so, uh, but that had to grow you as a leader too, though, because it's not. It's, I mean, just for any coach, it's not a one size fits all. There's so many different needs each kid. I mean, it's like in the classroom, too. Every kid has special, their own special set of needs that need to be met. And you as the coach, the teacher, that's your job to figure it out and differentiate and make them all work together.
1: Yeah, and, and I did it. I ended up, my philosophy, I don't know. Well, to be honest, my husband was already a coach for a long time, and he was really good at it. So he supported me a lot and yeah. gave me a lot of his philosophies and helped me a lot. And he would brainstorm with me on things that I was gonna do. And um, but I would say I did it all through the lens of leadership. Yeah. All the things I learned in high school and how I my leadership team was ran by my advisors in high school. I did that with cheers. So I remember we had a really reputable program. Like yeah. Pretty quickly. A couple years later and I had teachers coming up to me saying, wow, you really turned this around for these girls. And I remember uh, Gina joking with me and she was like, I knew an ag teacher could clean up this this cheer program. And um, so what we ended up doing was we made captains and we made it like a leadership responsibility and yeah. and we had choreographers you know that were on the team and we uh had them run everything so you get roles and we and empowered responsibilities. them we met with them yeah. weekly nice. we coached them then they would go to the team the team always knew they could come straight to us if they had yeah. to but they were supposed to go to the captains first like it was just a huge like we ended up where we would like have them run stuff they ran stretching. They ran. We would give them the schedule. We would rotate. You're like creating, we ran jobs. Like yeah, it class. was like they. We ran it as a leadership team. Love it. And we voted on stuff. We didn't make unilater- unilateral decisions. Yeah. It was sometimes it was the coaches and the captains that would make decisions if it had to be something that was like on the fly. A lot of times it was team decisions. Yeah, and we just ran it like that, That's and awesome. it worked. Yeah, it worked. Like. All they needed was to be empowered and they needed consistency and when you gave them a sense we, of ownership it it was it was awesome. I mean even when I left it was because I had my son, my first one who's now 10. I had him and it was even hard for me to leave at that point. I was yeah. like I I didn't leave because I didn't like it. Yeah. I really didn't and so and Coach Keith even stayed and helped a little bit after that. So, yeah. And then I transferred to Santiago because I wanted to be closer to home. And I just needed a change. And then there, Reggie was my principal. Yeah. And then I had great colleagues in the science department. I, I mean, I have a really good friend that was in that department and several good friends that I developed. And... I learned so much from them. Like I, it was good to go from one high school department to another one and just learn from new colleagues yeah. and be in a new PLC and learn new ways of doing things. And they just had levels of expectations that it just, it was really good for my growth. And then uh, Common Core came out. Yeah. <laughs> and so this admin team at Santiago was like, we need to move this campus. Yeah. And they brainstormed. And by the way, so and then we got a new principal which was Dr. Ryan Lewis. And so that admin team was like, "Let's get some coaches on campus." So at that time, they picked four, and I be I was asked to be the common core science coach. So we had one for yeah. ELA, science, math, and social studies. Yeah. And the four of us worked together and uh, so it was Kathy Whaley, Kathy Whalen. I don't know why I said. Wayla, I love her. And Elma uh, and Brooke. Okay, so oh, what a great team. and then Brooke had a Brooke had a baby midway too in that team. Yeah. But anyways, so I learned so much from those ladies, and I learned. I learn that was when I started to learn that you can't come in like a tornado. Yeah teachers won't listen to you (laughs) it's good (laughs) training
0: for your position now (laughs) yeah and
1: uh so and to be honest I can be that way when I'm super passionate about something that's not really my um my uh norm yeah I don't feel like that's my norm your style yeah. yeah so uh but I can get fired up like a cheerleader. Like I yeah. got that cheerleader side of me where I get super pumped about something. Like, Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you Um Yeah. So. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that also like reflecting on that now, I feel like that's my risky side. Like that's where the side of me that's willing to take risks and do things like a podcast. Yeah. And do things, you know, that no one's ever done before. Yeah. That led me to seek. Then they really, that admin team empowered me to be a leader in a different capacity and that's when I was like maybe I can do other things and that's when I applied to be a TSA and became a teacher mentor and then now in my position that I am now is really migrated to science because that's what we you know that's what our district needs right now I wouldn't say that was the pathway that I ever saw for myself yeah so, like, we've heard many people say, like, someone tapped them. And was like, you would, you should, like, that, that really has been my whole life. Yeah. Like, I call my life a beautiful mess because I think it was very messy the way I did things. <laughs> but it was all good. Yeah. Like, all the things I would, I don't regret requ- regret working my butt off to put myself through college I had to pay off I paid off my student loan two years ago nice so um I don't regret a minute like I don't I so
0: much of it has built me that I well just your story alone the leadership the perseverance the self-determination all that stuff that's At the time, probably didn't feel like that's what was happening. But so many life skills learned along your path, your story. Right. That you can totally see, like now, um, you know, just in the last year, getting to know you. You can totally, (laughs) your whole story. Because I haven't actually heard your entire story before. I've heard pockets and bits and pieces. But, I mean... From your story, I could totally tell why you are, how you are, who you are <laughs> right. now based off that. So, I mean, it was life lessons all along, whether you knew about it, You knew it or not. Yeah, and I, ha- I mean, I, this isn't a
1: part that I, I don't know how vulnerable I'm willing to really be, but I have a huge amount of empathy for people that struggle with addiction. Yeah. Because I saw people that had the biggest hearts struggle with it. Yeah. And I think it didn't make them bad. I think that uh, when, was it like the, it was pretty much the 90s, right? Where it was like, just saying no. The and dare. And dare, and, which I'm not saying was bad, but there is a, I don't know. Like, it was just like, if you If you do these things, you're bad, Bad, and if you don't, you're good. And a lot of those things could be prevented instead of just, like, just say no. But, Mm -hmm. okay, how about we deal with our demons? Yes.
0: Well, and that's what I love now, like, the mental health stuff. We're actually talking about it for our students. Um, A new group that I'm going to be a part of district-wide is looking at, you know, we're talking about our vaping, our C violations, Mm -hmm. our controlled substance, and it's, you know, suspending them for five days and sending them away. Mm -hmm. Well, what's that doing? Because there's kids, you want to talk about addiction, the stuff is addicting, and we have kids who will do it, we have a small pocket that will do it one time, and they'll never touch it again, but we have kids that are relying on it, they're addicted to it, so how can we help... And not that they're bad kids because they get caught doing it at school. To me, getting caught doing it at school, most of the kids that get caught doing it at school, they have an addiction problem. They're not doing it. And it wasn't their first time and they got caught. Yeah, they're not even... So how like, are we tackling that? Point, yeah. How are we ta- you know, attacking it, helping these kids, supporting these kids to get out on the other side of their addiction? So right. that's exciting for the next...
1: Yeah, so coming. like I know a person who I care about who would give you the shirt off their back who would anything they had on them if they knew you needed it, they would give it to you. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, could do drugs till they didn't know their own name. Yeah. You know, I I there's it didn't mean he was a bad person. Exactly. And then my I have a cousin who went down that road and is fully recovered um, and now works at a at, um, a rehabilitation house and gives back. love that because you know he he lived it, yeah, so I just feel like what we're seeing in kids now. That it's, uh, there's just a lot more than just say no. Yes. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Agreed. So, yeah. So that's where that, that was deep. That was deep. That was deep. But, it. um, yeah. <laughs> but that's where that side of me comes from too. That I just yeah. don't look at them as bad or good because they do this. Yeah. You know, like I see that there's many more things under the surface. That's just one area of yeah. them.
0: That's not them. Right. Yeah. Well, moving that, let's talk about your charity. Because it kind of fits with this, the leaps and bounds. Yes. So leaps and bounds
1: in Norco. So first of all, like, I kind of feel like animals were... So I just did trauma-informed training, trauma-informed schools. And they talk about how the research shows that if you have trauma, trauma experiences... That you're more likely to overcome them if you have something, someone in your life, something, yeah, to help you get through it. And I feel like animals are that, yeah, for us. And so, um, so I love that. Like you guys have Daisy here yes. at Santiago Shark Daisy. Uh, they've done studies on, like, I think I feel like a heart rate and stuff. Like yeah. when people pet animals like it calms them and their heart rate goes down and sometimes in some cases even their blood pressure so uh, leaps and bounds is therapy physical therapy i mean they do all kinds of stuff i'm like i barely am grazing the surface but one of my friends has been a donor for a really long time and she sends me all the stuff they do all the time so i keep tabs on it and then weirdly not even relating it to this podcast I'm like, I'm going to volunteer there. <laughs> so uh, I haven't... Um, well, I don't even know if it's an application or what. But uh, I want to volunteer there too. But yeah, so it's just look into it. I can't, I can't speak to it the way that like... Because I'm not an, a participant. Yeah. Like I feel like someone else could talk about them way better than I could. But I just believe in what they do. And I know a lot of people... Like you said, you knew yeah. them. Yeah. Use that facility. facility, And I know that they have a lot of good um, mojo yeah. around that program. Well, we'll so. put a
0: link on our socials um, for leapsandboundpediatrictherapy.org for um, if anybody has the means to and would like to know a little bit more about them and, and donate. We'll definitely put the link on our our social. So just like we do with all our other guests, we're gonna do some rapid fire questions for Dana. Um to, all wrap, right. to wrap up our episode. So well, like I, always I I get an A. first thing that comes to your mind, don't think about it. Um but here we go. Texting or talking. Texting in person talking. If you're not with me <laughs> I
1: was gonna say I thought for sure you'd just be like
0: straight up Texting. talking.
1: Talking. <laughs> I'm not good at voicemails. I'm not good like I'm not good at answering the phone if I don't know the number. I think Yeah, I'm the out same right? way, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm like, Oh, don't know it. They'll leave a message if they, they want to talk to me. But what, ninety nine percent of the time it's nobody I know and it's a telemarketer right. anyway. So yeah. Um, what is your happy place? oh the beach
1: in hawaii where i got married love that Maui. i was just thinking the song Maui'd. and
0: the beach in hawaii
1: yeah you like you, so in mindfulness or like yeah. meditation there's a couple places like i'll go and that's one of them yeah like in my head obviously love it yeah love it
0: cat or dog or sheep or goat or horse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's so your go-to hard. animal? Let's if do I that could, one.
1: If I had endless amounts of time and money, definitely a horse. I've tried to convince my sister to go in on a horse with me because they're so expensive. Yeah. Because we'd also have to board. Yeah. I'm like, let's share it. She just had a baby like, there's no way us She's like, No, <laughs> I saw that little baby on yeah.
0: Facebook, too. How cute. Yeah, so. How cute. So can I say neither Horse. Horse okay we'll go with favorite animal then we'll okay. do that yeah. um do you have any hidden talents oh
1: song lyrics um like but that would be is that a, really a talent Kelly, like karaoke uh maybe i mean it's to
0: me it's a talent yeah like when i we're can't talking about karaoke that. like You don't want to hear me karaoke. So, yes, I'm going to go with karaoke as a talent. In my head, I have lots of hidden talents. I'm a really good dancer, (laughs) singer. I am phenomenal. But the physical act of it, maybe not nobody sees it as a talent. (laughs) Uh, But, no,
1: I am really good. I like music mm-hmm. And so I'm good at song lyrics Like I know every word Like memorizing and knowing yes. them Yes But only ones that I like, like That I is know, a talent But I though. feel like a lot of kids are these days Like kids know words to like, But um Oh my gosh Like should I admit this on here But like do you know the song The Humpty Dance Like I know every. Yeah word. <laughs> and Do I know the Humpty
0: Dance <laughs> I know a lot of Uh yeah so <laughs> So yes <laughs> That's the next episode. Dana's going to sing the Humpty Dance. Uh, But I know, like, a lot of country
1: (laughs) songs, too. Like, I know, like, every word to the Double went down to Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I... Impressive. Okay, we'll give you that
0: as your talent, Yeah, so that... For sure.
1: That's kind of... So I would be one of those kids that... Well, I've... It's probably from choir when I was a kid. But I would be one of those kids, like, if you had a choice, like, you can write a song or...
0: You you would do that. You can do a poem or you can... Do a video like I would. I could do, do a song. A song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so going with that, what song would get you on the dance floor? Oh, the, how can you limit that to one? No, one song. That's so all you get. Just you get in, one
1: song. Just in ad services the other day, <laughs> Sabrina was like, "I was kidding all day. I was like, we're line dancing. Like, we were doing a crock pot. Like, yeah, cr- not crock pot, but like, we were doing like a little celebration. Yeah, Joe was leaving. Yeah. We wanted to send him off." And, you know, kick him out the dirt. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> uh Just kidding, Joe. And um I was like joking all day, like we're going to be line dancing later. And got it going. Nice. And every song was good, Baco. Every song. I know, but what is your I one? Had, I had to dance to every song. Pick one. Well, lately, uh, lately I've really been to the weekend. I know. Yeah, you know that. I love The weekend yeah. too, though. I also love his collabs, like, when he yeah. collabs, like, with a DJ. Well, if I said country, oh, my God, I like so many kinds of music. I love oldies. like I know. If you, That's like, a hard one. If you play, like, any...
0: Like, Different genres. Girl, like, yeah.
1: Like, any of those oldies, like, they're so good. Or country, it could be Boots, Scoot, and Boogie. Like, let's see. Oh, you're so, taking it
0: old school, man. Uh, Dude, skin, i boogie.
1: I, I love I it. I grew up with the old stuff. Yeah. And then, but if, let's say, right now, well, Justin Timberlake, Yeah. Like, I've seen him, like, third row. Like, I touched his shoe, and I'll never forget it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I touched his shoe. <laughs> she hasn't washed her hands since. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too funny. Uh, All right. That was hard, Baco. That I was know, a I'm really sorry. hard there, question. You, you couldn't
0: give me And you, we've one. asked other people this. Why was that so hard? I know. I've obviously I'm not thought I thought for sure it. you'd have one. <laughs> All right. What's the topic you're reading about right now? Ooh.
1: They're on my desk right now. Trauma-informed yeah. schools. I have both the first volume and the second volume. I just took the training. It's on my mind. Yeah. Three things that stuck out to me that kids need um, to feel cons- to feel safe. They need consistency. They need predictability. And what's the third one now? I obviously don't know them all three. I need to look up the third one. Trauma informs good stuff. It's good. That's But it stuck with me because I was thinking about summer school because yeah. I'm probably teaching summer school, and I was like, how with the trauma of this year, how am I going to do those things? Yeah. Because, like, tier one. Oh, and then the other thing that blew my mind is, like, one in six – sometimes one in five have experienced trauma yeah. already. I know. Isn't that insane? So you can't do it. Like you can't wait to tr- try to figure it out. You just have to teach like
0: everyone's yep. had trauma. Yep. Like tier one Well, stuff. even the kids that haven't had trauma can benefit from trauma strategies that you implement. In right. Household. It's like so. special ed strategies. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All right. In wrapping it up, what is one piece of advice that you could give for current or upcoming leaders in education
1: never lead or make a decision in fear thank you cuz you cuz <laughs> then you don't yeah you're not in your creative self i love that yeah love it so if you're feeling that way you need to take a step back and just make the decision <laughs>
0: If you like that episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. We will do a happy dance every time that happens. Find new episodes every two weeks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We want to interact with our listeners. Engage with us on our website,
1: BarriersToBridgesPod.SimpleCast.com, where you can also find our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us at barriers to bridgespod
0: at gmail.com. Have a fabulous day overcoming barriers and building those bridges. This episode was co produced by Melissa Bako and Dana Barron. My mom, Dana Barron, did all of the editing. Thank you for listening.